This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Seattle. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome once again to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast at Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here. Ah, this is a fun one. This is a fun podcast to do, especially on a day like this. I mean, it's tough to beat this. The Mariners taking two out of three from the Cleveland Indians. So we have two games to catch up on and two very fun games to catch up on. A nice series win for the Mariners. We'll talk about that uh, coming up in just a minute here. Mike Curdo is going to be here, the voice of the Tacoma Rainiers. So we'll talk about the Rainiers' hot start and Mike Zanino, who's been blazing hot to start the season. So we'll talk about that coming up in just a minute as well. Uh, we'll go through all the highlights. Everything from yesterday and the day before is coming up. And, of course, a little bit of history is going to be made tonight as the King Felix Hernandez just one strikeout away from becoming the all time strikeout leader in Seattle Mariners history at the age of 30. Just incredible. So we'll touch on that a little bit too coming up. So a ton to get to in a short amount of time. Also get you ready for a big weekend series against the Angels as the Mariners try and keep that weekend momentum going. And we talked about it coming in, uh, taking two out of three from New York, that this Cleveland series was going to be difficult, especially you look at the first two ball games. You have Carrasco in game one. You have Salazar in game two. And just to put it in context, at least this is how I feel about it, and some of you may disagree, in terms of back-to-back starters from the same team. So not if you know, you're facing Sonny Gray on a Sunday against Oakland and then you jet off to Chicago and face Chris Sale the next day. So I'm talking about teammates in one series. I think Carrasco and Salazar – are probably the toughest back-to-back starters from one team that the Mariners will face this season. Now, that's kind of a bold statement for two guys that aren't quite household names, I guess. But, I mean, I talked about it when this series began. Carrasco and Salazar are the real deal. Their stuff is incredible. And I guess you could make the case if Darvish comes back and is Darvish, Hamels and Darvish, if the Mariners face them back-to-back. But, I mean, really, I think you could make a case that those will be the toughest back-to-back starters that the Mariners will face all season. And, you know, I talked about the blueprint coming in to beat starters like that is you have to have your starter go toe-to-toe. You have to have some clutch hitting because you're probably not going to get many opportunities. So you're going to need that big hit 
or a couple of big hits. You're going to need good defense. You're going to need bu- good bullpen work. And they nearly pulled off the first game of the series, didn't do it, but then they come back and even the series in game two against Danny Salazar, who's got tremendous stuff. And a big part of it was Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker was absolutely dealing in that game. He is off to a sensational start for the Mariners this year. Walker looks in the windup and the 2-2 curveball strike three call and he got him looking holy smokes Uncle Charlie showed up at the front door a curveball at 76 miles an hour strikeout number five for Taiwan Walker and he gets Naquin looking what a pitch here's the pitch strike three called in the outside corner Taiwan Walker strikes out Uribe looking that is strikeout number four for Walker. And one away for the Indians here in the bottom of the fifth. So Walker ends up going six in the ball game, gives up three hits, no earned runs, one run overall, no walks, and six punch shots on 110 pitches. He grabs the win, lowering his ERA to a buck fifty, going toe to toe with Salazar, actually outdueling Salazar's. The Mariners got a couple of runs early, but absolutely sensational. Here's what Taiwan said after the game. Yeah, I felt good today uh, going to the game. Um, I felt like I had my good velo early and kind of just had it throughout the whole game. And uh, that was probably the biggest thing is, you know, like you said, just starting off aggressive early and uh, just really going after them. You're on this team and you've faced them a lot in the last yeah. few years. And this is a team that's had success with them. What's the deal? Is it the way they attack you or how does it work? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they were being real aggressive. And then once I started being aggressive, I can really use my off-speed pitches um, and keep them off balance and, you know, kind of push them backwards a little bit after the the third inning and, uh, you know, went first pitch curveball changeup and went hard late. Career high in pitches for you. When you came back to the dugout after the fifth, did you feel good about going? That they were going to say, hey, go for yeah, another? I mean, I was hoping. I was trying to hide. <laughs> I'm always trying to get as, as many as, as I can. And, you know, I definitely want to get more than six. So I'm going to try to keep my pitch count down. But uh, it's tough when, I, you know, I feel like I'm making good pitches, but they're just fighting them off. So. Excellent start. And he is off to a great start. Compare the first three starts this year compared to the first three starts last year. Last year, after three starts, a 10.66 ERA, 19 hits, 10 walks, 14 strikeouts in 12 and two-thirds innings. This year, a 1.50 ERA, taking 10 points off his ERA, 15 hits, two walks, 14 strikeouts in 18 innings. Uh, the innings number big, six, uh, uh, nearly six more innings this year than last year, but the walks, a huge difference. Ten walks last year in his first three starts, two walks this year. Name is not appropriate for <laughs> Taiwan Walker. He is walking no one. And we're going to hear coming up in a few minutes, great conversation about Taiwan Walker between Aaron Goldsmith, Rick Riz, Mike Blowers, and Shannon Dreyer talking about his development because it's pretty remarkable. We've talked about this before where his start last year kind of masked a little bit about what a good season it was overall. He had a nice run really starting in May till the end of the season. And you look at his last 23 starts dating back to last year, and that is that is not a small sample size. 23 starts, that's solid. And in that span... He's got a 3-3-6 ERA. He has struck out 132 batters and only walked 19. An incredible ratio. And he is just blossoming in front of our eyes. 
And the sky is the limit for Taiwan Walker with that stuff that he has. And he showed it off against Cleveland, and he is off to a tremendous start. That is certainly a good sign for the Mariners. The M's, well, they had a big, big hit in the ball game that made all the difference offensively. The 2-1 pitch, swinging a ground ball fair. There it is, fair ball, right past the bag at first and down the right field line. Lynn running third, he's going to score. Iannetta to third, going to be waved in. Here's the throw in, cut off by Kipnis. No relay to the plate. Iannetta will score, and around to third goes Nori Aoki with a two-out, two-run triple. Holy smokes, and the Mariners get what they were looking for. A clutch base hit, and they take a 2-0 lead. And they'd hold on and win the ball game. So a 2-1 to win in game two of the series. So they got the split in the first two games facing Carrasco and Salazar. And then going for the series win, day baseball yesterday. And this was a very interesting ball game. The Mariners seemed like they were set free offensively yesterday without facing Carrasco and Salazar. And they really went to work early. And it was the backup catcher. The land of the big blow, but just part of a big game for Clevenger. The 2-1 pitch, swing and a fly ball deep down the right field line. Chisenhall going back to the one-he track to the wall. Goodbye baseball, Steve Clevenger with his first home run as a Seattle Mariner with Adam Lind aboard. And the Mariners have taken a 2-0 lead here in the top half of inning number two. So, yes, indeed, welcome to Seattle, Steve Clevenger. Home run number one on the year. Also made a nice throw along the way. And the runner goes. Pitch on the way. A ball. The throw down to second by Clevenger. And out at second base is Lindor. What a throw by catcher Steve Clevenger. Right on the money to the waiting glove of shortstop Cattell Marte. Down with a tag to get Lindor. And that will end the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, had a monster game. Also drew a big walk. Had a couple of hits, scored a couple of runs, drove in a couple of runs. A big, big day for Clevenger. As every starter had a hit for the Mariners, but none bigger than the ones provided by Robinson Cano, who just had a monster day. Pitch to Cano. He swings and shoots it high to left center field. Naquin back onto the warning track, same with Davis. Davis is at the wall. He leaps. It's over his glove. It's off the 19-foot wall. Here comes Oki steaming around third. He scores standing. It's a two-out run-scoring double off the wall by Robinson Cano, and the Mariners have stretched the lead to now three. So the Mariners led, they actually led 5 nothing after four innings, but uh, Cleveland lands a big blow against Carnes. He goes five and a third, gives up four earned. He's out of the ball game. And then Benoit hangs a slider to the pinch hitter Mike Napoli, who hits his first pinch hit home run in his career to tie the game. And off to extra innings we go. And in extra innings, some really good ABs put on by the Mariners. Uh, I mentioned Clevenger a moment ago drawing a big walk in the 10th inning. And things will get pretty interesting with Cody Allen, the closer for the Indians uh, on the hill, pitching his second inning. He walked Clevenger to start the inning. Marte would line out to center. Aoki would line to center as well. But then Franklin Gutierrez would draw a key walk, which would bring Robinson Cano to the plate, a tie game, two outs, two on, and this was clutch. 
The pitch to Canoe, swings and smacks it out to center field. Naquin racing back. He's out of the warning track. He's at the wall, and it's gone into the bushes. A three-run homer for Robinson Cano. He absolutely pummeled that pitch from out into straightaway center field with two outs, a mammoth three-run homer, and the Mariners have taken a 10-7 lead here in the top of the 10th inning. One of those beautiful swings, so fun to look at as he absolutely cracked it. Dead center field into the bushes. I love that call. Into the bushes. Three-run jack for Cano. The Mariners would get it done. They close it down. They get the series win after leading 5 nothing early. Cleveland comes all the way back, but the Mariners persevere, and they get a big, big victory. Giant day for Cano, who not only – I mean, you look at his final line, and it's impressive. Three hits, four RBIs, the game-winning home run. But along the way as well, he hit his 449th career double. What's impressive about that, it ties him with Hall of Famer Joe Morgan, the second baseman, for 105th all-time. I I think there's some symmetry there with a couple of second basemen. But just a, a mammoth day for Robinson Cano. And the Mariners take the series over the Cleveland Indians, four and two on this road trip. Here's Steve Clevenger after the ball game. Just looking for good pitches to hit up air, and I got one, you know, early in uh, count and, and made a good swing. You know, we saw you guys, and this is a lot about what was talked about when this team was put together. We saw the second inning, we saw it in the fourth inning, but we saw guys getting on and guys getting over, just one after the other. What were you able to do today as an offense? You know, I think we, we had opportunities all day long, and we were able to get on base and uh, keep the move, uh, the line moving, and, you know, that's what it is. A good offensive team keeps the line moving, and, you know, that's what we did today. Your guy on the hill today, I mean, we saw kind of one mistake that really cost him, but also he was going early. Yeah, he, uh, he threw the ball really well. Rajai got a good pitch to hit, and he put a good swing on it. And uh, But Nate threw the ball really good today. Uh, he went deep in the game for us to get to us bullpen. What was kind of the key for him to be able to go deep in the game? Um, you know, throwing fastballs, locating his fastball. I think he did a better job today with throwing a lot more fastballs than in the past. But uh, like I said, his off-speed stuff's there. It's just um, he's got to get his command with his fastball, I think. What can you say about Robinson Cano? I mean, 10th inning, it's got to be good to see him walking up to the plate. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, that's why uh, that's why he's hitting in the three-hole for us. Um, like I said, he, you, you know, that's the guy you want up in that situation, him and Nelson, uh, you know, and he got a good pitch to hit, and he did what he's supposed to do with it. Four and two on the road trip, obviously an awesome start for, the, for you guys. What are you feeling right now that perhaps maybe – was kind of stumbling a little bit a week ago um you know we're, we're playing more relaxed i think you know we're out here having fun um you know i think in seattle we were kind of pressing a little bit uh it's a little early to be doing that but we're having a lot more fun right now in the clubhouse and just you know being a team yeah one more note too I th- the bullpen has been so impressive on this trip despite the two runs yesterday even included in that the bullpen a 1.29 era on this trip 21 innings of work in the six games just 11 hits, three earned runs, and 17 punch-outs along the way. So the offense got a cooking but uh, yesterday, but the starters have done a pretty good job, but the bullpen has been absolutely nails along the way. But a good trip so far. Mariners have taken two out of three in both spots, and we'll talk about what comes up next in just a moment. Right now, let's hear from the skipper, Scott Service. That was a roller coaster, yeah. Um, sitting with a 5 nothing lead, I thought uh, swinging the bats pretty good, obviously, early in the game and late in the game. I thought we were going to have a little bit easier one, but got to give them credit. They battled back, and a uh, big home run by Napoli, obviously. Uh, put us very uneasy, but uh, that happens. You had a big home run for 
from Canel for yes, you guys. Yes, obviously. we did. Yeah, no, so we responded, and that was great to see. A lot of good performances today. It's nice to see our lineup top to bottom. You know, everybody swung the bat pretty well today. And there it is. So now the Mariners move on to take on the Angels in a three-game series starting tonight, 7.05 first pitch. Felix Hernandez will take to the mound one-on-one with a 1.00 ERA, looking to keep the roll going, but also setting some Mariners history along the way as well. One more strikeout, and he passes Randy Johnson as the strikeout king in Seattle Mariners history. A couple of things about that. I think at the end of this podcast, we always play a little bit of history. I think we'll dip back not too far in the past. We'll play a little Felix montage to celebrate. There's plenty of strikeouts in that to enjoy. But uh, a way to celebrate, I think, Felix passing Randy Johnson. I also have a blog post up on Mariners.com. You can find it on the great blog that is from the corner of Edgar and Dave. Great stuff every single day about the Mariners, game day, everything, inside look, inside stuff. I write there once in a while. And I have something on Felix today I think you'll find interesting if you like Felix strikeouts. And who doesn't like Felix strikeouts? Uh, There's a bunch of numbers. I think a few of them are pretty incredible. One of them in particular, Felix Hernandez has the 14th most strikeouts for any one pitcher in a single ballpark, which I find just incredible. 14th most. 1,139 strikeouts at Safeco Field. 14th most for any pitcher in one ballpark, which is amazing. Randy Johnson, by the way, is a few spots ahead of him. He had 1,192 strikeouts at the Kingdom. So Mariners, Mariner fans firsthand have seen two of the best in their ballparks. Pretty incredible. There's some other numbers up there that I think you'll enjoy, so check it out. And again, the montage coming up at the end of the podcast. So game one, Felix will take the ball for the Mariners. Game two, the Mariners will turn to Hisashi Iwakuma. He'll take the ball against Hector Santiago. That's going to be a 6.05 start on Saturday. And then Sunday, 12.35, Wade Miley against Matt Shoemaker, the finale of the series. And then it's back home. Mariners return home against the Houston Astros starting next week. But first things first, as the Mariners will try and take another road series starting tonight with the King Felix Hernandez on the hill. So we'll get to Mike Curto in just a minute. First, though, the Taiwan Walker conversation, I promise. And also, Mark Simon from ESPN had a really good breakdown Walker's start not going unnoticed nationally. And Mark Simon's going to join us next week on the podcast, so we'll talk more about Walker and his start and also some other baseball topics along the way. Right now, let's hand things over to Aaron Goldsmith and Mike Blowers and Rick Rich, Shannon Dreher. Some Taiwan Walker talk. It is worth going back and revisiting last night's game, particularly the performance from Taiwan Walker. Three quality starts to open up the season for Taiwan. And, boy, there's so many things we can look at and to what has given him his success. Uh, one of the things, uh, Mike, that I find really interesting for Taiwan so far this season, it's only been three starts, but nonetheless, this is pretty impressive. You think about the importance of a first-pitch strike to an opposing hitter, and the numbers bear it out. It's been death by first-pitch strike for Taiwan Walker so far this season. When he goes 0-1 to start an at-bat, opponents this year are 4 for 35 batting just barely a buck ten against them with obviously, well, almost no pop. They've only gotten four hits. 
uh, it goes to show you when he gets the count right away in his favor, now he can kind of do a little bit more of what he wants. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I think for him with the, the different type of pitches that he has, still developing a slider, but I think his changeup is a plus changeup. His curveball is a plus curveball. Um, he's tough to deal with. And I think that the main thing, you look at yesterday's game, he basically went through the lineup the first time just throwing fastballs. But the difference is, is one, throwing them for strikes, and two, pitching inside. Those guys were pretty uncomfortable the second time that they came around, and that's when you saw his curveball and his changeup. And then, you know, for him, um, it, he makes it look so easy. But for a power pitcher that to have the ability to throw the strikes that he throws, not just down the middle, but the quality of them, is pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a different at bat, the second at bat for Carlos Santana, who had a double early in the ball game, and then he goes inside with that fastball, comes back inside, hits him, and he, he's pitching with an attitude right now. I mean, he's. He's a tough guy out on the mound. He's pitching like a fastball pitcher. He pitched around some problems. Uh, one out double, no problem. Got the next two guys, the air behind him, no problem after they scored the run. And it was he was just outstanding last night. But now you want to see those 110 pitches get you much deeper in the ball game. Six innings last night, one run. It was unearned, but he didn't walk anybody and he kept himself out of trouble. And when Taiwan's going good, he's not going to walk anybody. He's going to go right after everybody. Last night he said the fastball felt great, so he just used it right out of the chute, and we saw the velocity on it, too, right from the beginning. We didn't see that as much in the first two starts. So when he's got his good stuff, you can have a night like that. And as far as getting deeper in the games, just got to kind of solidify those secondary pitches a little bit. That's what they're fouling off right now. But, you know, you see those coming, and you just look at the performance last night, and the only thing that could make it better is if it was seven innings or eight innings. And to think that it's this early in the season and he's starting where he's starting, uh, that just bodes so well for this team and for Taiwan. You think about Taiwan, only 23 years old. Last night was his 40th career major league start. And, you know, I, I think I, I could have been wrong on something thinking about what Taiwan, how he would progress this year. I really thought that the next step for Taiwan would be to see that strikeout rate go up a little bit more. And, and get closer to kind of what we saw from Nathan Carnes from afar last season where he's averaging close to a strikeout per innings pitched. But you think about what he's done so far this season, and it starts to give you maybe the idea that he really could be a pretty elite ground ball pitcher. I mean, you think about his ground ball percentage, which when, when we throw that phrase out, it's, it's a pretty simple calculation. It's just simply the percentage of balls put in play that are on the ground. And every year Dallas Keuchel is kind of the, the supreme master of that. He's at about 60% ground ball rate. That's among the best every year in baseball. Well, Taiwan through three starts is just over 50%. It's much higher than what it has been in previous years. And his changeup, Mike, you brought it up last night on the postgame show. His changeup has been a supremely effective ground ball pitch for him this year. and Over 80%. It's been incredible. Mm -hmm. No, it has been. And I think when you talk about the strikeouts for Taiwan, I think that when he gets to the point to where he's refined the slider, I think he's going to abuse right-handed hitters. <laughs> That's going to be more the than, than his cutter did. More than his cutter, yeah, more than his cutter. Just, just, just because you got a little more depth to it, throw it off the plate and get him to chase more. That's that's the kind of slider I want to see from him. And I think that the more he works at it, talking to Mel Stottlemyre, he says it's one of the best sliders he's seen when he's out in the bullpen. It's just a matter of getting it in the game. And when that happens, he he is going to strike right-handed hitters out at a pretty rapid rate. So it's been a good time with Taiwan Walker. Great start. Speaking of good times, it's been good times for the Tacoma Rainiers. Off to a blazing start. 
Mike Zanino grabbing headlines for his home run binge early. And no better person to talk about it all with than Mike Curdo. Well, now we get a chance to visit with one of our favorites. You know the voice. It's Mike Curdo, the uh, voice of the Tacoma Rainiers. And thanks for coming on, Mike. Certainly appreciate the time. It's great to talk to you for the first time this year. Yeah, no problem, Gary. Thanks for giving me something to do in lovely El Paso. <laughs> I do what I can. Well, you've had a pretty interesting start. And I guess we'll start with Mike Zanino, who's just blazing out of the gates. Six long balls already. And I know it's been a, a great sight to see for Mariners fans. And it's great sight for you, I'm guessing, as well. What have you seen from Mike Zanino so far this season? Well, I've seen a lot of homers, that's for sure. He homered in five straight games, uh, six homers in the five games, uh, just two shy of the PCL record, which is seven in a row. And, you know, I mean, this is a home run league. There's a lot of ballparks in this league that are at high elevation and you have high-scoring games. But uh, he's he's been a force at the plate. And, you know, this, the home run streak did end uh, on uh, Tuesday. And then he had his first uh, hitless game, believe it or not, on Wednesday. He hit safely mm. in his first 10 games he played in uh, since coming here. So uh, he was hitting 452 through 10 games until he finally took an 0 for 4 on Wednesday. So this guy's been red hot. And uh, his homers, uh, five of the six, have been pulled to left field. One was an opposite field uh, shot in Albuquerque. Some of them were in high elevation parks. I'd say uh, he hit five in four days in Albuquerque, and that's a great home run hitter's ballpark. Uh, I would suggest that two of them would have been out of any park anywhere. Mm. And then the other three might have been a little bit elevation aided, but still he hit those balls well. You know, if there was a liner that just cleared the fence in left field and you could say, oh, that was an Albuquerque home run, high elevation. But, hey, you know, at Safeco Field, it's a double off the fence. I think we'll all take that. So, you know, he's, he's hitting the ball hard here. And he told me he's trying to go up the middle uh, more often and try to use the whole field more. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a longer uh, adjustment for him to start doing that on a more regular basis. It's fun having him here, though. Uh, the, the, uh, the pitch framing skills, the catching, he's so good behind the plate. It's a big, you know, it's a good big league catcher behind the plate. So he's great for the AAA pitching staff. So another guy that Mariners fans are watching closely, James Paxton, who had his best start on Wednesday. What did you see from Paxton on Wednesday? Uh, he was. This was really encouraging. He had a tremendous game on Wednesday afternoon in El Paso in a tough place to pitch. Six uh, shutout innings and gave up only three hits. And, you know, in his first two starts here, he, did, uh, he had problems with walks. Four innings, uh, five walks in one outing, and then just two and a third innings and four walks in another outing. So that was nine walks and six and a third innings. But he made a mechanical adjustment that he worked on with pitching coach Lance Painter, uh, using video to look back at how he uh, – how his uh, his uh, windup and everything worked uh, looked in uh, 2014, and they made some adjustments. And he came out firing strikes uh, on Wednesday in El Paso. Six scoreless innings, no walks. He uh, threw 72 pitches, 48 strikes. He had a, a three-ball count on only one hitter the entire time he was out there. He was ahead of everybody. And primarily he did it with fastballs, uh, but uh, he, he was just dominant out there not dominant like striking everybody out but just dominating the count always ahead in the count and then uh, getting a lot of soft contact when the, the hitters get defensive because they have two strikes on them so it, it was a real strong outing for Paxton and definitely something to build on and maybe a turnaround moment in his season we hope uh, that's uh, what we're hoping for and uh, one thing uh, to note is uh, he came out after six innings 72 pitches because they're not going to let him rack up huge numbers of pitches and innings early in the year because I think the Mariners are thinking hey this is a guy who's probably going to end up in our major league rotation at some time this summer so we don't want him to have uh, you know 
had a whole bunch of 110 pitch outings in AAA in April uh, when we need him later in the seasons. Uh, that's why he came out early, even though he was dealing today. So, uh, yeah, great game for Paxton. Yeah, makes sense. Good to see him. Well, he's not alone. You go down the list of guys that have uh, been with the Mariners uh, time and again, and uh, there's a lot of good starts. Stefan Romero's another guy. It looks like he's pounding the ball early on this season. Yeah, he's uh, been very impressive early on, and, uh, you know, he, he put on a good show in the Cactus League, too, and I think there was a period of time where it looked like he might make the opening day roster before the Mariners decided to commit to Deho Lee. And, you know, he, he came down – he's come down here as if there's something to prove, like to prove that he's too good for this league. And, you know, he's he's hitting 420 after his first uh, 11 games or 12 games and uh, driving extra base hits and hitting in the middle of the lineup here. And, I mean, he's, he's been uh, been very consistent. He's also played uh, both corner outfielders, right uh, outfield positions, right field and left field, and he's also played some games at first base, which is something he hasn't done a lot of in his career. So uh, he's getting more and more reps over there in case that's where he's needed eventually. But uh, for Romero, this is a huge year because it's his last year that he has minor league options. So uh, next year he'll either be on the big league team or he'll, uh, uh, in his mind, hopefully be claimed by somebody else and on someone else's major league team. So, you know, if he if he puts up a big season this year, that can only help him moving forward. So he's really locked in right now. I know it's early, but how has he handled first base if he's had many chances at all? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been fine. There haven't okay. there haven't been any uh, issues where you would say he's made a mistake or anything. He hasn't really been tested in on any sort of really difficult plays over there. Uh, I can't even recall him doing any scoops that were out of the ordinary. He's had a few routine scoops that throws down in the dirt, but uh, I don't think he's really been tested with any tough ones over there yet. So uh, I think that's something we'll sort of have to follow as the season progresses. I'm interested in one of the newcomers as well. How has Book Powell looked in center field this year for Tacoma? Yeah, he, he's been a catalyst to top the lineup. He's mm-hmm. getting on base a lot, uh, has patient at bats, draws, walks, uh, kind of slaps the ball around because he's a fast player. So he's willing to, to slap an outside pitch on the ground to the left side of the infield and try to beat it out, which he's capable of doing. And he's also tremendous at bunning for base hits, very good at uh, deadening the ball up the third baseline and he's so quick out of the box he's beaten out several of those already this year and then defensively in center field he covers a lot of ground and he seems to get a good first step on the ball as far as i can tell uh, on contact and i think his range out there is good and everything's been impressive so far for Boog powell and other arms have there been any that have stood out early in the season for you uh the bullpen in tacoma has been uh, really sharp and Right now, the Raiders have dueling closers, if you will, in uh, Michael Guaype and mm-hmm. Blake Parker. Both of them have uh, gone, uh, well, they're combined to go seven for seven and save opportunities in the first 13 games of the season. Uh, Parker hasn't allowed a run yet. He, he did very well in the Cactus League, and he's had a, a history of success in AAA and has also done well in the big leagues for the Chicago Cubs a couple of years ago. Last year, he had only three appearances all season because he had elbow problems and had elbow surgery. So this is sort of a comeback year for him. But uh, so far, so good. He's been really sharp, and he's been able to protect one run and two run leads uh, in the ninth inning. So that's been great to see. And then Guaype, who Mariners fans know a little bit because he did you know, pitch in the majors for about half of last season. He's looked more aggressive on the mound this year than I recall from last year and that he's coming right after hitters with his fastball and, uh, and not just throwing slider, slider, slider. And uh, he's trying to pound the strike zone early. 
and uh, it's worked out really well for him so far too. He's been very effective uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season. So uh, maybe both these guys are relief options uh, in the future. And you're in El Paso now, and you'll be home this weekend, right? The Rainiers return home for a nice weekend series starting on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, uh, a quickie, uh, four-game series Saturday through Tuesday. And early in the season, well, for the first three months of the season, we do 5 o'clock games on Saturday. We started doing that last year, and the fans seem to really like it. Mm -hmm. So a 5 o'clock game on Saturday, day game on Sunday at 135, uh, night game Monday, day game Tuesday, and then the Rainiers hit the road again taking on Sacramento uh, in this little homestand starting on Saturday. So uh, tickets are always available. If fans want to come out, we'd love to have you at Cheney Stadium in Tacoma. Great place to watch baseball all season long. And, and Mike, this is a really interesting team. I think they're going to be fun to watch this year. Well, uh, winning 10 of the first 13 games is an early <laughs> indication that, yes, it's, indeed, it's going to be fun. Uh, the, 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 the one thing that's really stood out in the uh, first two weeks is there isn't an easy out at any point in the lineup and uh that hasn't always been the case in recent seasons so right now the team's really dangerous no matter where it is in the lineup and what you know what part of the lineup is leading off uh, it, there's always a chance for some offense with this crew right now so it's been a lot of fun well thanks a lot for the time and of course uh i recommend highly following mike on twitter at curto world great follow and of course his blog every single day as well booth justice the american past you can find it on the Rainiers' website as well. Thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. There it is, Mike Curdo. Always great to have on with us. And now we're going to celebrate the king becoming the strikeout king for the Seattle Mariners. Let's have a little montage action. A little Felix domination. <laughs> the montage. Here it is. He is King Felix, and he reigns supreme. One-two pitch, swing and a miss. Oh, did he get tied up? That was dirty from Felix. Barton with a Looney Tune swing. All-star, Tory Hunter. There's not a one player in this league that likes facing Felix. He is one of the nasty, if not the nastiest pitcher in Major League Baseball. He can get you to swing and miss with that changeup. He's scary. It's not fun. It's uncomfortable every time. The King, holy smoke, has been outstanding, and his Palace tonight is Safe Gold Field. Hall of Fame pitcher Jim Palmer. Well, <laughs> the hitters don't have much of a chance. Uh, you know, I mean, he does everything that you want to do. He throws a lot of strikes. He throws a lot of sinkers. He can strike you out if he needs to. Swing and a miss. Strike three. A changeup at 90 miles an hour. 15 punch shots for Felix Hernandez today. He has dangled that carrot in front of the Rays all day long, and they have tried to take a bite each and every time. Hall of Fame pitcher. Dennis Eckersley. How he walks to the mound. I mean, he is so confident, man. He has got it going on. <laughs> he really does. And for good reason. I mean, that's half of it. It's showtime, man, when he's when he's pitching. Swing and a miss. Strike three, and there it is. Strikeout number 233 on the season. A new career high for Felix Hernandez, king of the hill. Silver Slugger Award winner Tim Salmon. And I was 0-2 before you could blink an eye with two fastballs that were by me. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll get my two-strike approach here. And then he snapped off a slider, and it buckled me like I'd never been buckled before. And he struck me out on three pitches, and I walked back to Butch. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Nearly 40,000 in the Kings court, bobbing up and down the pitch. Strike three called. He got him at 93 miles an hour. And count him up. Ten strikeouts for the King tonight against the A's. Hall of Fame pitcher, 
Don Sutton. I saw a guy last night that has been outstanding, and we may not have seen the best yet with four pitches that he can make dart and dive and go faster and go slower. He is a complete pitcher, and I think he pitches with a quiet joy. Here's the one-two on its way, swing and a miss, and down he goes. Turn Flaherty into a pretzel as he swings through another nasty change. That is punch out number 10 for the King, and he is rolling. And look at him walk off the mound to a standing ovation here at Safeco Field. Infielder Steve Tollison. You know, we found out firsthand, you know, why they call him the King and why, you know, he is as good as he is. And his changeup was uh, pretty tough to pick up. Swing and a miss, strike three, a changeup. A venomous changeup at 90 miles an hour. Cy Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. The last 12 to 14 inches before it gets to the plate, it's literally like someone uh, steps on the ball, you know, and it goes straight down. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Got him with that changeup. And there is strikeout number eight for the King. They're jumping up and down in that left field corner in King's Court tonight. All-star manager and coach Larry Bowe. I wouldn't want to play that team in a one-game playoff with 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 King Felix over there. <laughs> I don't care how good you think your team is. He can shut down any offense. And Felix, like a cat, is batting around this ball of yarn that tonight is the Angels lineup. All-star and broadcaster Ray Fossey. But Felix Hernandez, when he first joined the Mariners, I remember the guys were saying, oh, no. He's in the same division. We're going to see him a lot. It's going to be nice to watch him go in the Hall of Fame as a Seattle Mariner. He can pass now Tom Seaver on the all-time list. His 14th consecutive start going at least seven innings and allowing two runs or fewer. And history might have just been made. All-star and coach Don Baylor. It's like maybe hitting off on Nolan Ryan or somebody like that. That, you know, they get ahead of you. Then all of a sudden they start mixing it up and... I don't want him to do that. Fans on their feet waving those K cards around. Felix with three strikeouts tonight. The windup and the 0-2 to fold. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Make it four strikeouts for the King. ESPN's Jason Stark. There are really two pitchers who are on a Hall of Fame track. One is Clayton Kershaw. The other is Felix. And if you ask me who is closer, it's got to be Felix, doesn't it? He's, he's 28 years old. Uh, already won a Cy Young. Seems like he's clearly going to win a second Cy Young. I mean, Felix is clearly as good as it gets in this sport. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. As the King racks up his ninth strikeout tonight. His changeup looks like, you ever seen the cartoon Bugs Bunny when he was on the mound <laughs> and he throws it and the guys are like, one, two, three, you're out. One, two, three, you're out. That's what it looks like. <laughs> one, two, three strikes, you're out. One, two, three strikes, you're out. One, two, three strikes, you're out. I'm one of the few who can count myself very lucky to get to play with a player who I will look back when I'm an old man and tell other people that I had a chance to play with him, much like other people do with probably guys like Nolan Ryan and and those guys. I mean, this guy is that kind of player. All hail the king. Here's the ovation for the king. 